0: Well, today I'm looking at new beginnings, and I use it in the the plural sense. We just don't have one beginning. We have numerous beginnings. Every day is renewed. Every day is a time of picking up what God has done for us and seeing how that God is at work in our life. And in 2 Corinthians 5, it says, now we look inside and what we see is that anyone united with the Messiah gets a fresh start. Is created new. The old life is gone, the new life burgeons. Look at it. All this comes from God who settled the relationship between us and Him. Rhonda, would you please return to the platform? <laughs> you see? We have, um, there are certain things that in our life fit, and sometimes they fit for just certain times and certain places in our life. Now, this, if Rhonda would put it on, it's her old, go ahead. It's my own letterman jacket. <laughs> it's, it's her own band jacket. There she is, yeah. And she actually almost... 68, but it doesn't... <laughs> well, I was trying to find mine, and mine wouldn't even come close to fitting. I can't even get it in, you know. So, but we see that this is a nice jacket, but it's kind of out of style, and it was for a certain period of time in her life that doesn't quite fit where she's at now. Even though it could fit physically, it isn't, <laughs> it isn't the right fit for who you are at this moment. So that's it. You can, okay. you can wear it home, dear. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I was trying to find mine, and I don't know where it's at, so... Yeah, the, the farm isn't there anymore. Uh, yeah. So it's one of those things as we we look at our life, where we've come from. You know, it isn't that something was wrong. It was That was the right time. It was the right fit for that time period. But, you know, where we run into trouble is that we try to keep what once was and keep what once was very important to our life, and we don't realize that it's for a certain time and for a certain season. You see, you know, and... uh, We we look at how that we go through school and you know how that we graduate and go to college or whatever, get a job and go to another job, or some of the teachers retire and some of them going to be teachers and you know, all the things that's going on, and we're looking at our own process. We're looking at our own steps, that how that God has ordered our steps. And it says here in Second Corinthians, we see that anyone united with the Messiah gets a fresh start. God gives us a fresh start. A fresh start. Every day is a fresh start. Sometimes we put it for the first year, New Year's resolution, January 1st. Well, that's the fresh start for the year. And we make all these New Year resolutions and we don't keep them (laughs) because we think they're a fresh start. And reality, we have a fresh start every day. Because God has given us promises. He's given us his word, and his word is in our hearts and lives, and it's renewable. The word of God is renewable. Heaven and earth will pass away. My word will never pass away. So the the renewing aspect of God's word and God's spirit is continually going on. Do you know... I forget what the time period is, but there's a, there's a certain time frame that our body totally changes. Every cell is replaced with another cell to the point that the original cells are no longer there. They're gone. And that the regeneration process goes on. And and, and there is a time period. They, they have it down, and I completely forget what whether it's weeks or months. I don't know. But there, there's just this regenerating process that going on inside of us physically. Our blood cells, they're, they're continually changing. You know, I used to think when people would give blood, my gosh, they're giving away. What, what happens when they run out? Well, we're, we're set up in our body to reproduce, to keep a certain level of blood within our system. Well, think of it in that in that context with the Spirit. The Holy Spirit just doesn't come and zap us once and okay we're ready for heaven and we're on this we're on this kind of spiritual plane that kind of just running into eternity can't wait to die to go to heaven and it's like this but that's not what it is our spiritual plane is a continual onward growth we're always changing and no matter how old we are in our faith There's always more to have. There's more to understand. There's more to what we have in God than what we currently understand. And where we run into trouble is whenever we have our old experience, the jacket, we have our old experience and we think this is all there is. There isn't. It just keeps growing. It keeps renewing. So that anyone united with the Messiah gets a fresh start is created new. The old life is gone. <laughs> old life is gone. The old life is dead. <laughs> the old life is washed away by the blood of the Lamb. That my life of sin and my life of thinking that all this is for me and me, mine, you know, that I can have it and possess it and it's all about me. We realize that our life is about God, and if we seek to please God, we are going to find our greatest gifts. If we seek to please God, we are going to be our greatest person, and if that person that God has created us to be is a doctor, we're going to be the best doctor because we're fulfilling God's purpose for our life. If it's to be a teacher, if it's to, you know, work in the factory, if it's to you know, drive a bus, whatever, (laughs) if whatever we are doing is what God wants us to do, we have, we are growing and and God is using that life that we live and the talents that he has bestowed upon us in our life for us to continue to regenerate and to continue to grow and to to be nurtured by the Holy Spirit. So in our old life is gone and a new life burgeons. It just continues to flourish. Our life in Christ continues to flourish. Now, flourish is, is, a you know, that's a great thing, flourish. You know, it means that, what does it mean? Anybody have an idea what burgeons means? Flourish? Burgeons? It, it blossoms. Bob, you're a blossom. <laughs> we say, well, I'm no flower. Uh, but you see, we all, Bob and Dave and, you know, all of us here, we're blossoming. That means we're coming to harvest. We're, we're bearing fruit. And it continues. It's an ongoing process. You think of, in the book of Revelation, it talks about the trees by the river of life, and each one brings forth fruit. Every month <laughs> brings forth a new fruit. And our life burgeons with fruit. Our life becomes blessed. And... Did you ever, when did you ever feel the best about your blessings? When do you feel the best about who you are? One, we like it when people say, that was good. You know, what you're doing is very special. We like that. But the biggest blessing is when you do something for someone and it meets their need and helps them at that moment in life then you know, wow, that was really good. <laughs> Not because I did it, but because God did it through me. And You see, that's why I think of, of our professions and our giftings and the things that we do with our life, that what we do is something that honors God. My mom, she loved to cook, and, and, you know, and she, w- she could cook about anything, and Sometimes people were making cakes and things, I know I've said it before, that she would make cakes and take them to church and people would pay her for it, you know. Well, our life, she loved to bake. And she was just good at baking and, you know, she just saw herself in what she did and she really loved that. She did many other things, you know, but she loved her baking. Well, our life burgeons. <laughs> it blossoms. That what we are doing not only brings a blessing to us, but it brings a blessing to others. So uh, look at it, this burgeoning, this blessing. It, all this comes from God, who settled the relationship between us and him. There's no longer this conflict between God and I. There's not a conflict between God and I. God has done everything to eliminate all the conflict that would rise between us and him. God has done everything to eliminate anything that would bring a conflict. And he wants us then to be receptive to what he wants to do and what God wants to do in our life. Do you have dreams? Do you have things that you would like to do? You know, your bucket list? Do you have a list of things you'd like to accomplish or go or do or see or say or write or whatever? Is there something you would like that's on your bucket list? Well, Who gives us our dreams? Who gives to us that reality that these are important? That these giftings that we have not only will bless us, but they'll bless others. That what God has given us for a dream isn't just something for me to possess and and hoard. (laughs) It is given to me so that I can possess it and share it with others, and in the sharing It brings the blessing, it blossoms the the activity, it brings to fruition that which God has begun in our lives. So it's all settled in this relationship between us and God and there's no conflict. God doesn't have a conflict with you. (laughs) He has love for you. God doesn't have, God does not want to withhold. He wants to bestow. (laughs) He doesn't want us to measure up he wants us to walk up. Walk up to Him. To come boldly into His presence. We don't have to hide. We need to be in the open. Our relationship with God is something that He, in the open, He blesses, and people see it, and some don't like it, and some love it because we're going to bestow God's blessing into their life. In Ephesians chapter 5, it says. Watch what God does, and then you do it. (laughs) Watch what God does, and then you do it. Now, it doesn't mean with the blind man, you know, God spit on the ground, made mud out of it, stuck it in his eyes, and told him to go wash. That doesn't mean we do that. (laughs) You know, we're not supposed to, we don't do that. But what it means is, what is the creativity of God? Jesus never healed anyone to my knowledge, he, did, he never healed anyone the same way. There wasn't a formula that Jesus used. Sometimes it was the faith of others. The, the individual who was lame and he was on a mat and his four friends brought him to the, to the house and they couldn't get in because of the crowd. So somebody came up with the idea. You know, the, the, the four guys didn't stand around and say, well, we can't get in, let's take them home, just drop them off here. Someone had an idea. Let's lower him through the roof. (laughs) Well, I don't know about you, but destroying somebody's house is not what we would consider a a good thing to do in the name of God. But whatever it was, they they went up there, tore the roof apart, and lowered the man down in front of Jesus. You know, that was a great thing that that happened. He lowered him down, and it was the faith of the individuals who were carrying him. The, the, The man himself it wasn't his faith. How about the, the, uh, the, the synagogue ruler comes to Jesus and says, My daughter has died. Will you come and pray for her? She doesn't have any faith. She's dead. <laughs> She's gone. And, and the guy says, If you just come, I know that if you touch her, pray for her, she'll, she'll be well. So Jesus starts off on the journey to go there. And the, the, what happens on the way is this woman who is pushing herself through the crowd, touches the hem of his garment, and she's healed. She has great faith. She says, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, I'll be healed. And Jesus stops and says, who touched me? And the disciples, what do they say? Oh, there's a whole crowd around here, Jesus. What do you mean somebody touched you? And he said, no, I felt virtue. I felt virtue. And you see, that virtue, that virtue, Flow of God, is what is in our life, and I, I go back to the story of of Martha and uh, Mary, the mother of Jesus, that Martha was pregnant, and Mary has conceived by the Holy Spirit. And I know I've told this before, but it's still, it just it, it's just something that resonates with for me, that Martha is pregnant with John the Baptist. And the womb, you know, the baby's maybe three, six months old, whatever. And Mary goes to Martha. And when, when Mary greets Martha, what happens? The baby jumps in her womb. <laughs> the, the life that was in her came to life. Okay? And the life that God has in us comes to life. It comes to life inside of us that when we hear a promise, when we think of a promise, God, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. When we face a difficulty and we go, God, you said all things, I could do all things through you, so here it is, God. And inside of us, there's this life, there's this quickening, there's this, this life of the Spirit comes to life in us and like quickens us. And whenever we face difficulties... We face trials. We face any situation, good or bad. We're thanking God for his presence and going to God and reminding God of his, pre- of his promise to us. And what happens is, I think of it this way. I think that God reminds us, brings to our thoughts and our, remember, our remembrance his promise. And he wants us to say it, and to declare it to, to God. As for me and my house, we will all serve the Lord. You know, when I say that and I think of it, I think of not only David and Rachel and their family, I think of my nieces and nephews. I think, I think of my brothers and their kids and, you know, the extended family. It's like, I've got to remember this, and I've got to declare it, that it not only affects my life, but it affects the life of my children and my relatives and my friends, because I know that was my mother's prayer. (laughs) That was my mother's prayer and my grandmother's prayer. You know, it was their prayers that we would all serve the Lord. And when God comes into a family, we make the difference. You're the deciding factor for your children, (laughs) For your children, you're the deciding factor. For your grandkids, you're the deciding factor. I never thought that 40 years ago. <laughs> I never thought, well, I'm a deciding factor making good decisions, you know. We came here 36 years ago. we will be 36 in February. And, you know, we would think, well, it's a very small community, small church, you know, and uh, small this, small that, small, you know, be here a little while. But never did I think that my grandchildren would be affected, would be impacted by this church, this place, this congregation. You. Never did I think that 36 years ago, this is going to be a place where my children are going to be raised and they're going to impact the world. <laughs> From Wimber, <laughs> you know, that doesn't happen, <laughs> it does. You know, not only from here, for our family, but if you look at the people of this community who have been extraordinary in leading organizations and leading the military and in all that, it's, it's had its impact. But then you go to the church and you go to the impact of our denomination. You know, there's 140 people in our denomination in 1914. Now there's... I have to figure it out, 8 million. I don't know. It's the second largest group in the world from 140 people in 1914. So, but the emphasis has always been reaching people for Christ. Let Christ come into the hearts and lives of people and it will change them forever. That's the goal. We look at our own lives and allow Jesus Christ to come into our hearts and our minds and our thoughts into our actions, and what we're doing, we're asking God for direction. We're not just assuming, hey, God, you know, I, I was, you know we go to church for the fill-up, you know. Um, and we go there spiritually for, to get our snack, and then we leave for the week and have, and we exist on our spiritual snacks. But I don't know about you, but I can't live on one snack a week. <laughs> physically or spiritually. So it's important to us to see what God is up to. It's up to us to see what God wants to do in our lives. And it's, it's important that what God does, watch what God does, watch what God does. <laughs> you know, I, I, have, uh, I have kind of a I have kind of a mind that's like Scrabble. <laughs> you know, always trying to put the words together. <laughs> you know, I never get, I, I don't have pictures. Now, my wife has pictures. She sees everything in pictures. You know, I'm still searching for the letters and she sees the whole dictionary. You know, <laughs> you know just one of those things. And so in our lives, we have different ways of seeing things. What we, what we want to do is watch what God does watch what God does we read the scriptures we watch what God does in the lives of the of individuals we watch what he does now let's look what's let's, let's look at are going to take a little snapshot of Jonah now Jonah is the kind of guy that he's been a prophet he's been a person of, of influence he's been a person of seemingly expectation because, he, you know, God has chosen him and he's been speaking for God. And God tells Jonah, I want you to go to Nineveh. And I want you to proclaim the gospel there because uh, I'm going to do a work in Nineveh. Well, Jonah has an old coat. <laughs> he's not an old goat. He has an old coat, okay? He has an old coat like the the letterman jacket there, the van jacket. He has an old coat that says... We don't go, we're not going to save Nineveh because those people are the most ruthless. They have killed more of our nation than any other nation. They are destructive and they need judgment. <laughs> Jonah has spoken. And he, had, he was trying to wear that old coat that didn't fit. That coat was true. That coat was exact but God had, cha- had a change of heart. Well, God had a, a different outcome in, pl- in mind than Jonah did. So Jonah was so convinced that his coat was correct, he was willing to run the opposite way. He was willing to get on a boat and sail the opposite direction of Nineveh. Did you ever think you were going to go somewhere and God wasn't going to find you? (laughs) Did you ever think you were going to run somewhere and God would never find you? God knows exactly where you're at. You know, I've, I've known people that have run from God most of their life. And they've denounced God, they did whatever, but at some point in time, they run right into God. And he's been there all along. Well, Jonah thinks he's going to outrun and run away from God, and God's going to have to find someone else to take this message. Well, we know the story: A big storm comes up, and and Jonah gets thrown overboard, and uh, Jonah thinks, "Well, not going to make, you're not going to go to Nineveh," and he gets swallowed by a great fish. Now, God has a way of bringing us right back to where we need to be. God has a way of bringing us back to where we need to be. Now, Jonah, while he's in the whale, while he's in the belly of the fish, um, he's not sitting on a chair with a table and a candle. (laughs) Remember Pinocchio and what all those, storybooks, as kids... Yeah, the other, one, the other. If you're too new, if you're too new, if you're too young, you haven't got a clue. But they used to have these books, and there was this outline of a whale, and there's this guy sitting inside the whale on a chair with a little table and a candle, you know, reading. Well, that's not what it was. If if you if, if you ever, I don't ever, I've never been in the belly of anything, but uh, you're in the belly of a of a whale of a whale. You've got. All this krill and these little slimy things crawling all over you. You've got digestive juices eating at your face and skin. And, you know, you're just being digested alive. And Jonah decides he should change his mind. <laughs> and I like how that, in the description, it talks about Jonah going into the depths of the ocean. And you would say, well, how would he know how deep he is? What happens when you go deep in the ocean? Pressure. And the pressure of the deep is pushing in on Jonah. What if the fish decided had acid indigestion and just needed a good rift (laughs) and pop out Jonah at the bottom of the ocean? (laughs) He'd never make it. God has a way of bringing us to where we need to be and bringing us to the place he wants us to go. And Jonah ends up being, but in, in that situation, if you read it in, in Jonah, you read about how that, while well, he, he recognizes there's life in him and he recognizes that I'm going, to, I'm going to be in Jerusalem again. I'm going to be in a place where I can worship God again. And he starts to be praising God and thanking God. And the next thing you know, he's brought, <laughs> thrown up up on, the be- up on the beach. And there he is in a strategic place to head to Nineveh. God has a way of bringing us to where we need to be. And you see, God doesn't have a conflict with us. We may have a conflict with God, but he doesn't have a conflict with us. He has a, a plan for our life. He has blessings for our life. You see, we're, we're in the midst of one of the greatest revivals of all time. Here? (laughs) Yeah, here. We are in the midst of a great renewal because all over the world, people are coming to know Jesus in in numbers never before known. All over the world, there's a message about Jesus Christ and how that Jesus can make a difference in people's lives. And and around the world, the gospel is growing and, and, and burgeoning, blossoming. It's just changing people's lives. And we find that we are part of it. Whether we believe it or not, you're a part of a a movement, you're a part of a church that is a glorious church that doesn't have any problems because it's the bride of Jesus Christ, and one day he's going to return and we're going to go to heaven. One day Jesus is going to return and we're going to go to heaven. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, the dead in Christ shall rise, and we which are alive and remain shall be caught up to meet him in the air. We're going to go to heaven. And it may be by dying or it may be by change, but either way, we're going to get there. And God has done the work already. And what he's waiting for me to do and for all of us to do is that what God does and then you do it. Watch what God does and then you do it. God doesn't have a problem with us. (laughs) He loves us. He's gone before us to prepare a way. You know, the Bible says that he'll go before you and, and, and prepare the way that he'll make the mountains uh, come down and the valleys come up. What that, what that is a t- uh, picture of is the kings would send out slaves and workers. When the king was going to go on a highway and go visit somewhere, he would have the slaves go out and know, take down the mountains and fill in the valleys and make the roads straight. You see, God has a place for us and a path for us. And we may find ourselves in difficult straits, but we just need to remember, God is with me. God, in this place of choice, I ask for your wisdom. God, in this place of success, I ask for your wisdom. God, in this place of need, I ask that you provide. In this place of blessing, I ask that you guide me in my gifts. God has not given us anything that is not renewable. It's not, everything we have is renewable. Because the promises of God are renewed every morning. No two blades of grass are the same. You know, you cut off the trees that are falling, their leaves are falling. What's going to happen next spring? They're going to grow again. It's going to renew itself. It's going to grow itself. And in our in our lifetime, God is going to take us to places I never dreamed of. I never dreamt that David would go to El Salvador. <laughs> I never dreamt that he would go to South Africa. I never dreamt that he would go to Nepal. I never dreamt that, you know... But, it, you know, that was here. The little boy running around church with that little boy. <laughs> you know? Running around church. And your wife downstairs with that little girl. <laughs> you know, I never thought. But God had a plan. God has a plan for your children and your children and each of our grandchildren and each of us. And we don't, hasn't entered into the hearts or minds the things that God has prepared for us. We're just beginning to understand it. And they don't end. Well, at 65, we retire and it's all over. (laughs) Nope. (laughs) Our walk with God continues on until the day we walk right into heaven. And so until that day gets here, you still got to grow, you still got to change, and you still have to allow God to bless you. Amen? (laughs) Let's stand, shall we? God, we are grateful to you. We're so grateful that you have called us. You have provided for us. You have a plan for our lives and a purpose. I pray, God, for your wisdom. I pray, God, for your understanding. I pray, God, for your strength. I pray, God, for your help. I thank you, God, that we are more than conquerors, that we are blessed, we are empowered, we are enabled, that, God, that you, by your Spirit, abide within us, and we're held safe in the arms of our Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for the life that springs inside of us at the mention of your name. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. (laughs) Amen. God bless you.